Hey, thank you for tuning in to Passion for Purity. This is the podcast for Christian young men who are fighting to have sexual integrity while living in a hypersexualized culture. I'm your host, Wesley Reinhardt, and this is episode 17, which will discuss an article written by Pastor Brad Hambrick entitled Five Accountability Questions I Wish My Ally Would Ask Me. Let's dive in. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. So today we'll talk about an article that I originally uh, came across from my dad, who came across it on the Covenant Eyes website, uh, written by Pastor Brad Hambrick, and he is the pastor of counseling at the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina. And he's he's written uh, several things, but this article is on healthy accountability. And so today, just simply read through uh, several parts of the article and make a few comments on them and hopefully encourage you uh, in your daily life and discipleship relationships um, to, to grow towards greater transparency and healthier discipleship and, and healthy accountability. Uh, so we'll start, start towards the top. He says, uh, I don't like the word accountability partner any more than I like the word diet, and I dislike them both for the same reason. They sound like an exception and a punishment rather than a lifestyle and a gift. No one is going to live on a diet or in an accountability relationship. They'll do it for a little while, and then they'll stop. We know this. So let's quit saying it. What's the alternative vocabulary to accountability? It's friendship. Every instance of accountability that I've seen endure did so because the two or more people were friends and acted as allies on the journey toward a porn-free life, not because they enjoyed going on a sin hunt. Um, A concept we'll debunk in a moment, but let's take it one at a time. So, what if you don't have a friend who will serve this role? Step one, make yourself accountable, which is radically different mindset from having accountability. If you're married and struggling with sexual sin, this is a vital step in protecting your spouse. Step two, see who appreciates the authenticity of your actions. People are hungry for authenticity. Live the kind of relationship you want to see and see who is drawn to you. Invest in that relationship you develop in point number two in the ways described below. End quote. So there we have it. That's his his introductory remarks on accountability and First, I think he's spot on. He hits on that note of uh, accountability is such a big, such a big word with so many syllables, and it does. It's always very negative, as if, yeah, it's a corrective measure. Um, but he he pushes us towards friendship, and and really, as he he comments later on in the article, um, this is discipleship that we're talking about. And so, yes, we say we can't. We can't get free of sexual sin without accountability, um, but that accountability just sounds so wooden. We need more than that. We need discipleship. So if we're living in our our, our local church or our, our Christian community setting, then then we're going to have this. And so we can talk about it as it's discipleship and friendship, but give it the characteristics of accountability, and thus we can kind of avoid that the negative jargon. Um, and, and I like what he says there about finding it, if you don't have it. Uh, see who appreciates the authenticity of your actions, uh, like you said. And, and this is just so true. And, and most of the church circles, at least that I'm in, of, of more conservative churches, um, the, uh, 
well, like we've said before, talking about sex, talking about you know real sin struggles is is more taboo than it should be. And so I find if if you're willing to sit down with someone and be transparent about where you are tempted and where you are sinning, um, people will flock to that. They will they will appreciate your authenticity. So so don't be afraid to to let your walls down and and have that transparency. Uh, he, he moves on and. I, I won't read all of what he says, but he draws several um, important aspects of accountability. One that it's it's got to be on a really a trust relationship and a friendship. Um, so if you deepen your friendship, the the trust and and thus the accountability will grow deeper. And two, um, he talks about the need to identify pre-crisis contributors to temptation, and that's also a valid point. It's not it's not just the sin; uh, it's the setting around it that. In a discipleship relationship, you and and your partner need to talk about, uh, and then he gets to these five questions, and I I think these are well said. Um, they are not they are not ends in and of themselves. Uh, they're meant to be a little bit open ended, uh, so that you can you can use them as a springboard to get into healthy conversation. Um, so question number one, and and this is where I'll quote him directly. He says, "What are you doing to enjoy life?" We sin because sin is fun. We enjoy sin, at least for a little while. The more we deprive ourselves of legitimate pleasures, the more we will be susceptible to them to the temptation of illegitimate pleasures. A friend who spurs you to avoid illegitimate pleasures should, just as passionately, call you to pursue legitimate pleasures in balance with your life responsibilities. Shooting the breeze about your favorite hobby is not just wasting time while your waiter brings you breakfast. It's part of the accountability relationship, end quote. Um, so uh, that's a wonderful point. And if if you've been in a accountability group or, or a, a program uh, for any length of time, you probably know that kind of wooden robotic feeling that comes from, okay, I have to... I have to tick yes or no and and check the boxes as to what I did or didn't do. And that can man that can be, you know, just just very wooden, kind of painful after a while. Things start to wither and become tense. Uh so he says questions about your your legitimate pleasures. What are the things that you're enjoying in life? Uh those are very healthy to surround the other questions about, you know, where are you struggling? You need both of those. And I, I think this goes back to his, his very first point about this is really friendship that we're talking about, Christian friendship. friendship. So, yeah, don't be afraid to talk about, hey, what are the good things that you're doing in your spare time? Uh, number two, what new, <laughs> what new stressors are entering your life? Sin is frequently an escape more than it is a pursuit. If that's true, then being aware of the things we are prone to want to escape from is important. Often, just not being alone with our stresses is a huge relief. When we don't feel like anyone knows or understands what we're going through, all of the lies that make sin appealing become more convincing. Sometimes, our friend may be able to suggest things to reduce the stress, but even if they can't, these are not wasted conversations. End quote. Again, another excellent point that that we are often driven to sin because of stress. Now, he has a, a, a much-needed footnote that 
many people can just be frustrated with the the responsibilities of adult life. And he's not saying that you just need to complain about how hard being a man and being an adult is. Uh, that's not the point. But to to evaluate what new stresses are coming in and, and talk about that in a healthy way. Uh, that's needed. All right, question number three. Would you like to just hang out? If accountability partners only spend time together doing accountability, then their relationship will likely begin to feel like a sin hunt. Accountability will be deemed to be will be deemed to only be quote unquote working when sin is found. The purpose of the relationship will be called into question during extended periods of time when our sin of choice is absent. The result is a neglect of the relationship and creation of a context riper for temptation during, quote-unquote, the good times. So, again, this is all—it's all kind of tying into the main theme of the article. Your accountability relationship should be embedded in, in friendship. And I—again, I like to think the term Christian discipleship, um, it, it draws on this. It is not a— it's not just a curriculum that you're working through. It's not. It's not ten steps. Um, it's it's life with life, and and so that's that's something that's needed if you're going to have healthy accountability. Uh, number four. This is another another question along the stresses line. Uh, he says, and I quote: "Who or what is getting too much airtime in your thought life right now?" This is similar to the stress question, but to not have to carry a negative connotation. Our mental airtime can be consumed by a fictional argument with someone we believe has unreasonable expectations on us, but it can also be fixated on a particular craving or a personal ambition that's becoming too central to our identity. Uh, End quote. Again, that's another excellent kind of springboard question, because if we we think about the Bible verses, uh, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh, or pray without ceasing, or uh, on this in this law we'll meditate day and night, um, God has a plan for our, our mental capacity. He just does. And and we can either submit that to the Spirit, or, or we can submit it to our flesh. And so this question uh, directly causes us to evaluate okay, where has my head been? Has it been on the eternal or on the temporal? Um, and and what's getting too much of the the temporal attention? Uh, again, just just a very helpful a very helpful question to begin with. And lastly, question number five in the article, and I quote, "What are you passionate about in the coming weeks, months, or years? How's it going? Your friend should already know, but if they don't, then they have to know what it is before they can ask how it's going. Part of what sin does is rob us of the time and energy that God desires us to invest in the things that he made us to be passionate about. In that sense, sin is a parasite. It lives off resources intended for another purpose, end quote. Man, that is a, that's a great sentence. Sin is a parasite. It lives off resources intended for another purpose. Um, so obviously these all, these all touch towards a common theme and that is, is your accountability, which is a necessity, is your accountability coming from a healthy place of friendship and discipleship or more of a, a wooden, um, detective hunt, uh, kind of space. And, and we want it to be in the discipleship side. 
And he goes on in, in the last part of the article to say, um, you should also ask the traditional accountability questions too. And, and he lists several of these. Have you succumbed to temptation since we met last? When have you been tempted and what have you done about it? How's your time of Bible study and prayer been? Has God felt more like a cop detective or a savior father to you recently? What have you not told me that you should? And what should I have asked that I haven't? End quote. Um, again, these are all all helpful thoughts. So that's those are the main parts of the article, and you can find it on the Covenant Eyes website. Uh, I'm sure you could also find it on on Brad Hambrick's website. And and I I believe if you think about these things, you could probably come up with a few few more similar questions. But ask yourself. One, do I have this regular accountability? And I know the article just said, well, don't use that word. So do I have do I have the discipleship going on in my life? And if you don't, uh, like you said, you can do something about that. You don't have to wait for someone to come to you. Go be transparent, be humble, and you'll be amazed at what that produces. And two, in this relationship that you do have then, is it is it a fruitful one or has it become just robotic and very um, very haunting? Is there is there organic life growing in your your discipleship relationship? And hopefully you will have that in, in someone from your local church. And if not, uh, you can go ahead and, and seek to create it. Um, so there you go. I hope that's been helpful to you. Just a, a few uh, fascinating questions. And through several people that I talk to on a regular basis, some from my church and, and even some in my family, I, I found these questions to be uh, helpful as well. Um, so think, who am, I, who am I being discipled by? Who am I being discipled with? And who am I seeking to disciple? And, and get to know them better, push them to Christ more effectively, uh, with some of these discussion points. Hey, thank you for tuning in today. I uh, I wanted to mention last last week's episode, we talked about the rebranding that we're looking to do. And so that still stands. If you can think of a a name or you are good at graphic design or you know someone who's who's good at graphic design and could create a, a simple and clean uh, brand for the podcast, that would be great, and we are a sexual integrity podcast targeted towards young men in their their teens and 20s and 30s. Um, but it doesn't have to be just that. We want to zoom out just a little bit towards what it means to be a Christian young man. And again, your sexual integrity is, I, I'd say that's the majority of it, um, but there's other things in there too. So a, a podcast for Christian young men uh, in their teens, 20s, or 30s, if you can think of a catchy name or slogan, um, or you can put together a picture, you will get a shout-out on the podcast, a free admittance to all of our live events, and I will buy you dinner. So I don't know what more you would need to uh, buy a photo editor, a graphic design software, and, and start chipping away. Anyways... Hey, thank you for tuning in today. I hope that the, the episode has been a blessing. Until next time, keep fighting.